0: Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.
1: Well, hey friends, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin, and this week I am here with my friend Jennifer Gordon. Jennifer, thanks for hanging out with us today. It's actually hard for me to call you Jennifer because I call you Jen so much, <laughs> and it came out it came out weird. But
0: sounded weird. How too. are you? Well, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Glad to get to hang out and do this thing today.
1: So, Jen is the youth pastor at our Oklahoma City campus. And, Jen, how long have you been there? I'm actually not positive off the top of my head.
0: Uh, well, actually, since I was a teenager, but I've been the youth pastor for about six years and uh, love it.
1: So, I love that I get to do ministry with you and have loved getting to walk kind of through life with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, as a youth pastor, as a fellow youth pastor. But probably more importantly as a friend. And that's the thing that I think most you, most of us that are a part of the of life, the life church family that are youth pastors here would say mm-hmm. is it's great that we get to be youth pastors together and we get to bounce ideas off each other. It's more great that we have got to experience life together. And that's meant that we've gotten to celebrate some great things together. We've gotten yeah. to walk through some struggles together. Yeah. And I think for those of you listening as switch leaders, Hopefully you have gotten to experience something similar with other switch leaders. Hopefully you've gotten to along the way over the years, experience what it's like to do ministry alongside people. And then to realize that life is ministry Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that like, that's just what it is. And you better be doing ministry with family. And so if if the people that you're doing switch with haven't become more like family over the years, maybe figure out why and mm-hmm. see if that can't be something that you invest yourself more in. Not, not always something we look for the answer in someone else, but just something to maybe look in the mirror and go, hey, is there something I could do to become closer to those I'm doing ministry with? Um, Jen is one of those people I'm grateful to have had pray for me many times over the years and to have gotten to reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I know that she has a lot of wisdom to pour into the topic that we're in right now, which is the final week of our Lead Small series. This is a part of the essentials, and this specific one has covered Lead Small. And so as a part of Lead Small, we've covered four different points so far, and they are be present, create a safe place, partner with parents, make it personal, and lastly is move them out. And so this can be... kind of the one that you don't think about if you don't plan really well or intentionally prepare. But it's also one of the most important ones that if we don't do right, then we could actually do like a whole bunch of work on the front end yeah. and maybe fail them a little bit on the yeah. back end. And so, Jen, could you take just a minute and in kind of in the most general sense of maybe the meaning... What does it mean to move them out?
0: Yeah, moving them out is this idea of moving them to what's next, moving them to what God has next for them in their own personal ministry and walk with Him. And that can look like a bunch of different things. And if you think, okay, I lead sixth or seventh grade, so this doesn't apply to me because it sounds like you're talking about seniors. You're wrong. We're talking about all of us, all of us, no matter how long you've been leading in Switch, no matter what age you've been leading in Switch, this principle of moving them out, moving them to what's next is for all of us.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's it's something that I hope that you don't tune out. If you go, man, I don't have any seniors or I don't have any junior, like I'm not there. No, this applies to you. So it doesn't matter where you are. I promise what we're about to talk about applies to you. So if Jen, obviously we kind of have the idea of move, what it means to move them out. It's that next step. It's okay. I have them now, but are they prepared for what's coming Mm-hmm. I understand what that means. Now let's start to dig into what it looks like for us to actually apply that to our leadership and switch in youth ministry. We recognize that leading teenagers is challenging. Mm. We also recognize that it's incredibly rewarding yeah. if we will do it with our heart in the right place, if we will allow God to be the one to lead, and if we have a plan. And so Now, if you'll just be, if you'll just kind of move into what it looks like to practically move them out.
0: That's a good word, Josh. Well, first, if you're listening to this, I am so thankful that you are choosing to invest in the emerging generation because we believe that they're not the church of tomorrow, but they're actually the leaders of today. And so we want to empower them to be the church. So maybe it looks like a student in your group pastoring and leading their friends in the group it could be as simple as hey emma tonight when we go to group would you start us out would you read the verse would you give them some really tactical things that they can do right now and the cool thing about that is it doesn't have to be the best leader in the group because sometimes we know the best leader in the group is actually the most rowdy one in the group but if you just give them something to do and lead man they could own it and help Impact your group and and that's shift good. their perspective of themselves. So, so we want to remind them that they're the church right now where they are. So that can apply on Wednesday night in group. Obviously, it can also apply to getting to serve or to lead on the weekend. I tell my student leaders all the time that I want them to lead better than the adults, so that when adults walk by and see a seventh or ninth grader serving with four year olds or handing out iced tea, there's this moment of conviction that's like. Man, maybe I need to Come get it on. together because they're out here yes. outdoing me. And so when I think about students that I've watched do this really well, man, I've got a I've got a senior that started a Bible study last year and he had just kind of been doing this thing kinetically leading in his group. His name's Kale and his leaders, Dan and Chris, saw something in him and said, "We want you to lead some more. What would that look like?" And Cale decided that he was going to start a Bible study. And so a couple of times a month, they have like 20 guys over to his house. Some of them are from our student ministry. Some of them are from school. Some of them come because they know somebody else. And Cale is learning how to be a pastor and lead and disciple these guys. That's like the far extreme of the story of how it can play out. But it can also be as simple as, hey, rowdy seventh grade boy, would you lead tonight? Would you lead the the verse? And and you have to teach them how to do it. You have to kind of show them this is what it would look like. This is how you do it. But I believe that, that God wants to use you in our group tonight. What do you think?
1: What I love about that is there's one thing that separates the kids who get to do that and the kids who don't. And it's whether or not you ask them. Like right. it's 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 really not. Like totally. the kid leading the small group at home. Like there's one thing that's, that separates them. And it's usually, did someone see something in me and right. then call that out of me? Right. And so as leaders... You have to keep in mind it's not just our job to all to always say hey like I'm going to keep dragging you along. Sometimes it's our job to push them forward mm-hmm. and to actually wait behind and just see how they go. And sometimes it's our job to walk alongside them as they lead. Yeah. And we're getting to see that happen. So s- those of you that are leading like a middle school group and you're thinking, man, I have a group truly of rowdy kids and maybe I have one that I that, that's just a little bit more focused than yeah. the rest of them. And you're going, I don't know how to get this group under control. Like, mm-hmm. I, it just seems like I struggle every week to get them focused. And maybe I can for just a little bit of time. Sometimes the answer is right in front of us. And it's that they might be a little more focused if they knew, hey, tonight, I'm going to ask you to lead part of this group. Yep. If you actually asked one of them that you knew was there and one of those students that you're like, I don't think they're there yet, but I think that it's in them, Yeah. then just know that they wouldn't be rowdy because they'd be waiting for the night, for the part of the night where they're going to be leading.
0: Well, and their friends are going to respond differently too, because right. the way that students listen to each other is completely different. Even though they might like me, they might think that I'm relevant. They might think that I have wisdom or whatever. when when I lead through another student, the reaction is completely different. And I also think it works if you've got somebody that is on the other end of the spectrum, maybe you're seeing what they could be, but it's because of where they aren't. So Mm. there's a girl that I had a conversation with. She's a freshman and we've had about probably 12 months of every month or so she ends up on my radar. Now I lead a pretty large youth ministry. So for her to end up on my radar means that The beacon has gotten pretty loud, right? Yep. So leaders have brought me in. So I'm having this conversation with her and I basically said, and it was longer and it was more loving, but I'm going to simplify it. So if it sounds harsh, realize there was a lot more work, but I'm just keeping it tight for this. I said, essentially, you've kind of got this like Eeyore rain cloud mixed with (laughs) drama queen vibe. And she did exactly what she did. She started laughing and she was like, yeah, I've been told that before. And I said, and I just kind of left this like awkward pregnant pause. And I just looked at her and I said, is that who you want to be? Like, do you want to be the one that multiple people are kind of fussing and complaining about? Do you want to be the one that's always in the middle of drama? Do you want to be the one or do you want something different? Because if you want to be that one, that's fine. I'm just not going to (laughs) participate. That's good. But if you want to go somewhere, then I'm willing to walk with you. And so we talked about what that is, and it hasn't been all smooth in the last month since making that decision. We've had some hard conversations, but, but it is as true for kind of the leader that can rise to do what seems to be kind of visibly awesome things. But it's also true of the leader who doesn't know how to harness what's in them in a healthy way. And we get to go, hey, I care about you enough to tell you this isn't working. I don't think that right. you are portraying to other people who you actually want to be.
1: Right. I think the essence of move them out is probably something we could apply like you could see in your own life. So it Mm -hmm. could have been if you if you're a leader listening right now and maybe you played sports growing up or maybe you're in a job right now that has more leadership than what you used to have or more responsibility than what you used to have. And you can like look back to what got you to where you are now. And you'd go, man, if it weren't for the experiences that I had, I couldn't do what I do now. Like I couldn't do my job now if I hadn't done my job then. Mm -hmm. And it was the things that I had to learn along the way. But it was also the people back then that said, hey, I'm going to have you do what you're doing now so that you can do this other thing later. Because I actually think you're capable of that. We're right now in seventh grade deciding... I want this kid to be a capacity student Mm -hmm. when they're in high school and they're not on the trajectory to be that right now. But because they're in my small group, Mm
0: -hmm. we're going
1: to change that because I have a different plan for them. And it's that we could help them be more mature, more spiritually mature in two years than they would have been had they not intersected paths with me. But because God has put me in their life, I know it's been for a reason and I'm going to help them go somewhere different. And to do that, I'm going to have to call it out in them. It's not going to be that I do all the work. It's going to be that I just bring awareness. And that's Mm -hmm. half, that's kind of half the picture. And so Jen, as, as we kind of continue this conversation, maybe I've got a student that's new to switch, but they're actually, they're a senior, they're a junior. And it's, so I need to kind of help them with this more quickly or they've been with me for a while. The next step's coming and I have to start making some changes or some decisions. What is, what is kind of some of those next steps look like? And do you have any examples of how that has played out with leaders before?
0: Yeah, that's actually, I shouldn't say it's a favorite because I I, like the stages are all my favorite, but there's just something about that the maturity that they have as juniors and seniors. They start talking about like real big life choices and decisions and it's just a fun season to finish out with them and to help prepare them for the next step. And so so before I was youth pastor, I was a switch leader for a long time and I got to lead a group of girls that are now like 24. And two of them are youth pastors. One of them is married to a pastor. A few of them have kind of fallen off and are other places and not in mm-hmm. contact or not continuing to follow God, but But watching some of those circle back around is really cool. So last year, I got to watch Jason and Caleb graduate a group of guys. And the guys had had a rough season. Like There was about a year and a half where they just didn't want to come to the building. And Jason and Caleb stayed consistent to leading them. They showed up regularly. They met outside of the building because the guys wouldn't even really come here. So they took additional time outside their lives to connect with them. Well, a few of those have come back and two of them are actually now leading in switch. So, one is a switch leader with Caleb, like Caleb and Mike. Mike who is now 19 is co-leading with Caleb who was his switch leader. And to just watch so. that kind of full circle of I realized that I was rough on you and you stayed and look what God did and you discipled and developed me and now i want to do that again and i just want to do that for somebody else but will you do it with me super fun to watch and then i had a student that graduated last year left for the military and and he was part of a really strong group and his leader is named dan and dan is an older guy an empty nester and he's just he and his co-leader chris have just really invested in these young men and when the student went out and in, into the military his faith was so strong because of what he had learned under the leadership of those guys and his outlook was so positive that his drill sergeant actually moved him to a different unit where like half the guys were ready to quit boot camp because it was too hard like like the longevity of because that's really the goal right is we're not just trying to to lead and raise up great students we want to lead and raise up followers of Christ, fully devoted followers of Christ. You and so, so that 18 to 25 range, when they're figuring out how to be young adults out in the world, outside the nest, outside the bubble that they had been in, for better or worse, like whatever that bubble entailed, now they're having to figure this out on their own. And when we prepare them with the end in mind to go, okay, do you really understand how to read God's word? Do you really know who you are in Christ? What is it going to look like when you leave here? Are you going to go to church on your own when I'm not here and your parents aren't here or your friends aren't here? Have you thought about that? Well, let's talk about it now so that when you get to that spot, your default isn't how does this discomfort get medicated? Your default is God help me in the middle of this discomfort. God show me what you want to teach me right now. God use me to be a light to somebody else.
1: That's so good. So I hope that I hope that everybody listening, I hope that you feel a little bit of like, hey, I have some clarity about, about what I could actively do in the stage that I'm in. So if I'm leading a middle school small group, I recognize that maybe I'm not doing all the things that are, you know, maybe I'm not having students lead my entire my entire small right. group. That's probably not happening. But maybe I've got one question that I'm reaching out to a student in advance and I'm saying, hey, I want for you to ask this question. And then I want for you to be the one that is going to continue the conversation around that topic this week. And you tell them in advance so they know this is coming. And it's just a very simple thing. Whereas if you've got a student that's a senior, maybe you're going, hey, for the next two weeks, you're leading group and I'm walking alongside you. And we're actually giving them kind of those next step action things. Jen, as we kind of wrap this episode up, is there anything that you haven't shared that that you want to, that you feel like, Hey, I just want to make sure that our leaders here and understand this.
0: Man, I would also encourage those of you that are dealing with some hard stuff or hard groups that sometimes moving them out is moving them to a different spot. Like Mm. if they're not, if their best friends are over there, but they feel like they've got to be here. Like, I think sometimes we can get possessive of them you know, or their parents go to another church and they feel torn. My default answer is if they preach the gospel and that's where your family is, that's probably where you should be. Like, I just am going to love you enough to move you to those spots. And so sometimes the successful move them out doesn't end in the way that we might have thought. But when you stay in the game, the results and the, I'm sorry, the result and the reward on the other side, while the results aren't up to us, the reward of watching them, live out their faith, be the church, step into what God's called them to is just the best. And if nothing, that I would just encourage you to stay in the game, to watch what God's going to do on the other side of your obedience today.
1: Come on. That's so great. If you don't stay in the game, you often don't get to experience the reward. Mm-hmm. Like Jen said earlier, thank you for caring enough to listen to this podcast every week. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing it with other leaders and making sure that our team that we are ready, that we're showing up on Wednesday night going, hey, I'm not just showing up to serve in a youth ministry. I'm showing up because I believe that this is the generation of today, and this is where we change the world. And we want to make sure that all of our communities are impacted by the love of Christ and by the message of the gospel. And so thank you for listening to the Switch Leader podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.